English language learners are people learning English in addition to their native language. The Washington State University College of Education has a robust ELL program. The No Child Left Behind Act, as well as subsequent legislation, demanded educational success of all children throughout the entire curriculum. Thus, children are not merely pulled aside and put in English as second language classes, but rather the teachers make curriculum accessible to ELL students by planning for accommodations throughout the content. There are certainly challenges with this. Primary among these is the growing number of ELL students in Washington public schools. It cannot be overlooked. At the same time, there are not enough school counseling or other services to meet the demand. We caught up with two College of Education professors during WSU's academic showcase and asked them to talk about their research, which aims to solve the problem, thus advancing opportunity and equity for all our state's children. Education, news, and research. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. All right, back here on Education Eclipse, I'm joined by Tom Salisbury and Susan Jensen. These are, these are professor extraordinaires here at the College of Education. You've got some really interesting research and some cool graphs, too. The title of your research, Identifying Counseling Needs and Services of, okay, so a specific group, middle school English language learners in Washington Public Schools. So first Washington, yep. then middle school, then ELL students, and then identifying counseling needs and services. So how did you come up with this research, which, which I will point out is part of the Nichols Mitchell Faculty Fellowship Award. So good research, it's a great award. How'd you come up with this? What were, what were some of the, the highlights? How we came up with this, Tom and I were having coffee and uh, I was telling him that in my 14 years as a school counselor, I could probably identify five kids or on one hand how many ESL kids I had worked with in the public schools as a school counselor. And over those 14 years. And after some time away from the field, I was wondering if it had gotten any better. You know, if we were identifying counseling needs and services for these kids. So that led to us um, coming up with uh, a way that we could go into schools and uh, start looking at do they have special needs, what kinds of services are provided, or not. The ELL, it is a growing number of kids in Washington public schools. Diversity is, you know, it's improving, it's increasing, and ELL is increasing too. So that seems to me like that would exacerbate the issue. Yes, I think that that was exactly our thought. And with the increasing numbers of ELL kids in our public schools, were their needs being met? Uh, and so that's what led us to design the uh, study in the first place. So what was the first step of this project? Did you do like a needs assessment rubric, that kind of thing? What, what, what did you first do, Tom? Well, you know, the, the needs assessment rubric actually comes at the end because what we're hoping for is, um, you know, as we are identifying these themes, um, you know, we, we are trying to create some, some way in which our counselors, our teachers, ELL teachers can sit down together and have a, a set of issues that resonate with them because it came from them, right? So that's our kind of that's our our goal is that we've got statements um, that people can talk about. And so you know, down here on our poster, we we have our our rubric on you know how well are they doing or the level of implementation of a 
you know, a particular theme? You know, what's the priority of that theme? And, and um, you know, what, what, what kind of resources are available to make that happen? So that's kind of where, we, how where we're going with this. The way we started was going into schools. You know, we made our phone calls. We said, here's our abstract. We really want to know what the needs and services are. And the response has been really positive. I mean, people are like, oh, I want to talk. That's been, every time we go to school, it's like, I really want to talk. Because no one ever asks teachers anymore what they think, <laughs> right? I want to talk. And uh, so they do, and they really open up. Um, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing. I can imagine a lot of times you go into a school and you have something else that's just seen as additional work for folks. Right. And they're like, oh, I don't want to. But this, when they see a need and they're spending so much time worried about it and trying to figure out how to do it, that, that this is good. So is this, is this primarily Eastern Washington schools that this is going to be piloted with? Uh, it, will it be statewide? Will it eventually go statewide if not? Um, what, what does that look like? Yeah, so we're starting out Eastern Washington because we want we're close right and and demographically we've got a lot of diversity a lot of variety you know we go down the Walla Walla areas really different kind of this idea of a stable migrant um, community up to Spokane where we have a lot of refugee communities and um, you know issues around socioeconomic status so there's a lot of diversity here um, our themes are you know emerging from the schools that we're working with here but then we're hoping to develop a survey. And then from these themes, we can develop a survey and then go bigger. So we can, you know, look at, uh, we can send that out to other schools in Washington. Tom mentioned themes, Susan, but I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Can you remember right offhand what the themes are for your, uh, for your research? Well, I can tell you right now that we have seven themes and have only unpacked one of them to this point. Uh, and that's connections. And Tom and I have been in the schools, and we have been transcribing uh, interviews, interview data, and analyzing interview data going on three years so far. So um, this is a big project. We have six other themes that we still have to unpack. So do you want me to tell you what all seven of our themes are? I'd be happy to do that. Give me two of them, just as an example. Okay, so counseling needs is one of our themes and counseling services is another one of our themes. Just at a, because I had just gone to a conference, what about a, awareness of culture, uh, you know, culturally linguistic type stuff? Is that, is that maybe one of those? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a huge need because uh, with our ESL or ELL population, uh, we have cultural issues and language issues and I, I think what we find in the schools is that they're, they have a greater need to understanding um, you know the cultural issues that go on with these kids as well as their language issues so that awareness is not probably there as much as it should be and I think that will be one of those issues that uh, the faculty come together and discuss so let's talk about that one theme then, which you said was connections. Uh, what does that mean? What kind of connections are we talking about? Uh, is this like a connection to families? Because uh, I hear a lot about that. You really have to get families involved and things like that. So wh what are we talking about? So, well, we've identified three kinds of connections, really generally. We've got the connecting to families and communities, um, connecting to the kids, and then those connections, professional connections that people make between and across schools. 
And so as we kind of explore each of those connections, we find uh, more themes, kind of sub-themes within those sub-themes. So, you know... It never ends. It never ends, yeah. So at some point we have to kind of uh, put a stop and say, okay, well, if we've got connections, those professional connections, we can look at those and break those up. So professional connections are around access to information about English language learners, um, the idea of providing wraparound services so everybody is a counselor, everybody's an English language learner, and we're really we're not just looking at one person, one role, kind of a lone ranger mentality. Uh, roles um, are you know uh, throughout the school. Yeah, they can't be in silos. I mean, they all have to collaborate. Absolutely. Yep. So not we're not siloed. And then finally, having that time. Uh, to collaborate because you know our, our teachers and our literature say that if we want people to collaborate we have to provide the time and we have to provide the space so so those are the sub themes within this connection professional connections and then we from the, from what we learn then we de de develop a rubric so for example one statement you know might be that we have sufficient time and space to connect with colleagues across programs around critical counseling issues. And so then our participants can respond to that and say, well, yeah, you know, we do that a lot, or no, maybe actually we need to do that more. And is it a priority for us? Do we have the resources? Yeah. When all this is, I don't know if it's ever done, It'll be right? Done. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, before you retire or after, because yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like you got a lot on your plate here with this. Yeah. But what do you hope for with this? Is this something that schools readily will just do on their own? Will there be state legislation needed to help implement things? Uh, how does this actually become integrated into the school system, used, become effective, things like that? Well, we're tired of talking to Tom. Yeah, I agree. I think our, our goal here at, at this point with the, we've got two years left on this uh, Nichols Mitchell Faculty Award. And with that time, we'd like to unpack the rest of our themes and pilot the uh, rubric in the schools. Now, the rubric is really not designed as an evaluation tool. Uh, we're not asking them to evaluate their programs. We're asking them to discuss the issues. So it's going to be a discussion tool. And we'll be there to watch them do go through that discussion and then we'll analyze that data at that point then i think we'll make the decision uh, about uh, seeking e an even bigger grant to to move on into the state and and look at additional middle schools or different levels but that that's a decision that we'll make down the road so obviously you want data to back up anything you do and if you want a bigger grant you're going to want that but if you were to just look at the common sense test like taking the rubric sufficient time and space are available to connect with colleagues I think most of them are going to say no I mean that's just and I think most of them already know that but when you bring together when you have trans collaboration that's a big word that's a big word she may have made that up actually <laughs> actually I didn't Ophelia Garcia uh, made up that word. Okay. And uh, but we like the idea because unless all of those players, all of those stakeholders come together, um, one of them can't make a decision without the other two. It has to be a trans collaboration in order to move forward, and that's what the rubric will help them do. 
I think we see a lot of them making decisions sometimes in silos, and this is not sustainable. That's right. That's right. So, so that's what the uh, discussion tool, the rubric, is all about, is to bring them all together and have them talk about it and plan around it. Now, this is specifically ELL, but can this then model, could it be taken a lot bigger? Oh, I think it probably could, sure. Tom, Tom, you agreed, so now you get to talk. Well, um, as a kind of a related to that, uh, beyond just talking with teachers um, and the counselors, we're also talking with parents and the kids. And that's a, those are really important voices because I think what, what we're learning from counselors is that they don't always know what to read um, in terms of verb, nonverbal communication and verbally, cultural, all those issues are huge. So, um, so it's interesting if we say, well, we could extend it to other groups. Well, for sure, because our English language learners are our students, right? They're, we're all part of this, and we're all in really diverse schools. Um, so I think it applies to everyone. Absolutely. Okay, Tom Salisbury, Susan Jensen, two of our finest in the College of Education. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.